Hi, welcome to Notes from a Drama Watcher, a podcast about East Asian dramas. It's part recap, part review, and there will definitely be spoilers ahead. Let's go. Hi, welcome to episode 18 of Notes from a Drama Watcher. This is your host, M. In this episode, we'll be talking about Imperial Coroner, episodes 26 through 30, The Flaming Heart, episodes 1 through 5, Tale of Noktu, episode 1 and 2, that one's a Korean web drama, and Beloved in House, I Do, episode 10. So we're going to start off with Imperial Coroner, episodes 26 through 30. In these episodes, the whole gang makes their way to the military fort of Langway's grandfather, who is the general. And there, Jinyi goes undercover as an injured soldier, figuring that he'll get to hear a lot of the gossip that goes on in the camps, since according to their logic, those in the infirmary are more prone to have the time for gossip, because obviously healthy soldiers are out there practicing or on patrol, etc. And the soldiers in the infirmary are just, you know, waiting there as they recover and they get to hear more gossip and discuss things amongst themselves. Yang Wei, in the meantime, has confrontations with her grandfather. Remember, they've got a strained relationship and she's a bit snarky with him, which is a bit surprising because she's doing this in front of the soldiers, which, you know, he reprimands her for it. But Still, that takes a lot of nerve to do that. We do learn some more things about him and why he is the way that he is and, you know, about his gruffness and a lot of, which I I kind of suspected, a lot of what has gone on between them has basically been kind of a miscommunication in one way and in another way, it is someone somewhat tied into the cases that Prince Jin-Yu is trying to figure out with the illegal monies and, you know, whatever strangeness is going on with the troop. And as for Choo Choo and the prince, though they have admitted that they like each other, there are no big romantic moments in these episodes, just some sweet looks. (laughs) And that's because the focus of these episodes is all about trying to figure out what has caused the behavior of some of the soldiers, where they've, they've gone crazy, they're hallucinating, and some of them have even harmed themselves. They've, they've committed suicide. They can't figure out why they did it and how they did it. Because, of course, Choo Choo's going as, in her role as coroner, is going to investigate and figure out what happened to them. And then she starts realizing that there were strange things in the ways that they died. And they're all trying to figure out what it is that happened and what's, what's causing them to hallucinate in the first place. This is where Ling Wei comes into it. I don't think that they ever said she was a doctor or anything, but she obviously has some kind of medicinal knowledge. A lot of times you'll see her like checking someone's pulse and seeing if they're sick or not, etc. But in this instance, she's able to think of some substances that might be what is causing hallucinations. And, you know, they look around and try to find these things that she has suggested may have caused the hallucinations. Connected to that, she finds out some things about her grandfather, who it turns out is is ill. And that's kind of the reason he wasn't able to connect with her like she wanted him to, because we had learned that her parents passed away. And obviously, if that happens, she wants her, her closest family member after that to be around her. And he wasn't. But we learn a little bit of the reason for that. Also in these episodes, Duke Chang is beginning to make more of his moves. In the previous episodes, we saw Duke Chang is the descendant of the family that were emperors before. So he believes that his that is his rightful throne. He should be emperor. And he's been making these moves in the background to get that, to recruit soldiers to his side, to recruit 
to recruit officials to his side. So he's been doing all this maneuvering in the background. We do know who Duke Chang is. We've known for some episodes already that it's not, that part is not a secret necessarily, but it is a secret to Prince Jinyu and the rest of the Scooby gang, as I call them. They don't know who Duke Chang is. They're going to be in for a shock when they do find out who it is. But in the meantime, he's making his own moves in the background. One of the moves he's trying to make is, or it seems that he's trying to make is he's trying to get the head eunuch on his side. And you know, the head eunuch is always double dealing. We've seen him before that he's always double dealing. So he appears to agree that he's going to go along with Duke Chang. And then kind of in the next scene, you see him telling his subordinate, whose name I can't remember at the moment, kind of like, let's keep an eye on the situation. And I think what he seems to be saying is when we find out more, when we have evidence kind of thing, like we'll, we'll turn this over to the emperor. So he knows that there are moves being made against him. So I guess he's, he's playing all the decks, right? He's, if Duke Chang succeeds, he's okay. If the current emperor stays in place, he's okay too. And, uh, something else we're, we're seeing is that there is a birth secret surrounding Prince Jinyu and his brother that is about to come out. And that of course the head eunuch is kind of figuring out a little bit what this birth secret might be because he's got his hand in all in all the pots he's just out there being <laughs> devious again and he does say at one point um about trying to kill prince jinyu and i think then the rest of the scooby gang so he's just got a lot of plans going on and he's just a very devious person this actor is actually doing a very good job with this particular role with showing this kind of of deviousness i like everyone's acting here as well again we get to see what we've seen before you know we get to see them discussing the case uh, respecting each other's opinions. Everyone is intelligent. And I really appreciate seeing that. I really appreciate seeing how the men and the women work together. You see Prince Jinyu obviously respects Chu Chu as a coroner. He respects her and her profession. But um, Jin Li, who, you know, has this crush on Ling Wei, also really respects her too. He looks out for her. He cares about her feelings, about what's going on, because obviously he knows she's got this whole thing with her grandfather and not just that, he's concerned about her safety as well, but he never tries to wrap her in cotton to protect her from things. He knows that she has to be, it's in her character and her nature to be out there in the world, in the thick of things, trying to help, trying to solve cases. So he's he's not trying to hold her back, but he does, he does care for her, obviously, and wants her to be safe while respecting that she is a very strong person in her own right and i really i like that i like the second they're the second character uh, ling Wei and Ginny, and i like them just as much as our main character and actually in this episode we we see the grandfather kind of he starts asking prince Yu some questions because the grandfather is noticing that ling Wei has a little bit of a soft spot for Yi, even though she would never admit it so at least we see like other people are noticing the same thing but we will see what happens with that relationship in later episodes because remember she actually is still engaged or the emperor wants her to be engaged to be married to the general prince Jin Yu's brother so they've got to get out of that first before they can even think about her and Jin Yu trying to get together in episode 30 we see prince Jin Yu and friends and the rest of the scooby gang finding a cipher they have decoded some messages and they're just kind of getting closer and closer to who the head of the snake is they know everyone that they've caught so far, everything they've figured out so far. These are not actually the people in charge. So they know they still have more work to do and they are determined to do so. So six more episodes to the show. So far, the quality has kept up episodes one through 30. Um, they have 25, I think it was 26, where they were in the cave. That was a little slow. And like, I, 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 as I mentioned before, the camera work was a little weird <laughs> in that one. But that other than that, and that's just like a minor complaint, 
other than that, it, the camera work has been great. Um, they've gone back to showing like when Tuchu does her, her work as coroner, they show some diagrams where she's kind of explaining what it is that she's seeing and, and her analysis and so forth. They're showing that to us again, which, which I really um, appreciate that as part of the show, you know, good job so far. I'm, I'm really enjoying it and uh, it's coming to an end soon. I, I would not say this is something I might rewatch to be honest, but um, it's good for what it is. This is something that I think probably someone who likes these kind of detective shows. I could see them rewatching this again. It does have that potential. Um, just not for me necessarily. It has not that I want a bunch of romance necessarily in shows, but this has almost none. We know they're together or that they want to be together because they've told us, but there's not much romance here, which is okay. That's pretty much okay. Cause it's very focused on the detective work. I really like the lead couple, but I would not be opposed. I wouldn't rewatch this. I don't think necessarily, but I would definitely not be opposed to a spinoff <laughs> between Jinyi and Ling Wei. I like them as a couple. Uh, I like them as a detective team in their own rights. And I really like Jinyi actually. And I think Ling Wei is, she's kick butt, you know? So <laughs> I would be happy to see a show of, of their own at some point if they ever wanted to do a season two. That's it for Imperial Coroner. Next up, we're gonna talk about The Flaming Heart. The Flaming Heart is a show that is on YouTube, on the Yoku channel on YouTube. The main characters or the main couple are Simon Gong playing Huo Yan and Shang Hui Wen who plays Yan Lan. Huo Yan has, I think he recently graduated from academy to become a chief or assistant chief of firefighter and Yan Lan is a doctor so firefighter and medical professional. So as I said it's on Yoku and it's on Yoku's regular channel and then some people may not know Yoku actually also has Yoku English. I kind of went over to Yoku English just to take a quick look at the summary that they have attached to episode one of The Flaming Heart. And the summary says, this is a story about two special occupations, firefighter and emergency doctor. They fight together, stick to the same faith of rescue in their own battle. Being lovers, but also comrades, the same belief eventually brings them together and made them the perfect match. Interesting summary. It really doesn't tell you much about the story. <laughs> Basically, though, like they say, they are working together, which also means training together. The firefighters train with the doctors so that they know how to rescue people, and that takes different forms. In episode one, the very beginning, before he actually is officially working at the fire station, Gong Jun's character, he is just driving near a tunnel, and there appears to have been a big accident, and he immediately, you know, starts helping people because that's just in his nature. And one of the people he's helping is a pregnant woman who is also a diabetic, so she's in trouble. And while he was going and checking on the flame to make sure things don't explode after he had just spoken to her, she calls 911. I don't know what the version of 911 in China is, but she calls 911. And gets the doctor and as she's talking to the doctor she starts kind of losing consciousness and he comes back to check on her from af after he's put out some of the flames and realizes she's lost consciousness consciousness but he sees that she has the phone he hears the doctor talking through the phone and he picks up the phone talks to the doctor and you know they kind of walk him through how he's going to help this this woman and the doctor he's talking to is Yan Lan who kind of immediately it seems like she immediately falls in love with him due to his voice but there's a kind of a disconnect because there's a whole like it's supposed to be comedic thing later where she thinks someone else who was the one she was actually on the phone with before 
you know, she kind of mistakes them or someone mistakes them for a different firefighter. But it's kind of like you claim that you, you love this voice and his voice touched your heart or whatever it was. And then you don't even recognize the person you're talking to is not really the same person that was on the phone. So that was, you know, a little bit, <laughs> that was a little strange. But it's despite being about serious things, you know, learning how to rescue people, it's cutesy in a way because Simon Gong, of course, has that kind of cutesy role that they put, that they he seems to be kind of stuck in. I think Word of Honor is just like very, very different uh, from what we've seen from him before. And then her character is also this kind of cutesy character. It's actually a little strange to me the way they show their professions. They show a lot of the firefighting aspect of it, you know, the work that goes into it, etc. When they are showing the medical side, it's kind of a lot of sitting around in the office gossiping <laughs> about people, about makeup and guys and whatever. It's kind of strange. I can't believe that. I, I don't think China's all that different from the U.S. in that sense, that these medical professionals have that much time to be sitting around gossiping <laughs> but but I don't know it's a little bit of a strange um, disconnect another speaking of disconnect another thing I noticed is that it is a little choppy I feel like I say this a lot with C dramas but it is a little choppy um, these episodes or the storyline it has to do with the editing I guess the scenes in some parts kind of jump around a little bit it's not enough that that you would feel confused uh, you you can still follow the storyline but there's no transition between some of the scenes it's a little it's a little strange um but other other than that which hopefully maybe they will fix in in later episodes um it's it's cute so far we learn a little bit about Huo Yan in in these episodes um his father i think was also a firefighter it looks like he may have passed away in the line of duty he knows how it is to lose someone and so he and Lan Yuan get close very quickly, actually. I think like in episode three or something, they're already basically considering themselves boyfriend and girlfriend. He kind of makes the decision at one point without her that he's not going to get into a relationship because he is scared, right? He's scared that, that the other person will be hurt if something happens to him. And obviously there's a good chance something's going to happen to him because he's going into dangerous situations as a firefighter. So even though... It's kind of cutesy on the one hand and in certain aspects you do have these these big topics that they're going to be dealing with on the other hand. So you've got the issue of him having to work through having a relationship while at the same time, you know, working in this kind of profession. Um, Yanlan, there's also kind of a triangle kind of thing going on here, love triangle. Yanlan has a childhood friend whose name is Luo Jie, who obviously likes her. And it seems like it's a foregone conclusion with the family that they're just going to get married. And Yanlan doesn't think that way at all. She views him as a, a brother almost because, like I said, childhood friend. And she doesn't look at him in that way at all. He's going to have to learn to let her go, basically, because he sees immediately that she is falling for it or has fallen for Kuo Yan. So he's he's got to learn to let that go as well. The family's going to have to deal with whatever their expectations were are, are not really going to happen also. So it's an okay show. I see myself continuing to watch it unless something amazing, you know, some other amazing thing comes along and I'm, I have to stop it for some reason. But, but I think I will continue to watch it. I have to say it's a little strange watching this after Word of Honor because Word of Honor was just such a good show. <laughs> And um, his role he played there was 
was such an interesting role. I mean, I love I loved when Cushing, the character, you know, the angst and everything had been through. And uh, this character has been through his angst, but he's he is not a morally gray character <laughs> the way that one Cushing was. And those morally gray characters are always pretty interesting. With C-dramas, you don't always know unless you're really into the C-drama scene and, you know, do your do this background research. You don't always know when something's coming out, when it was filmed, etc. So, and I'm not saying that's the case here with this particular show, but sometimes there's something that was filmed, you know, five and six years ago and it was never released and then they release it now. And so that's why you get this different kind of quality sometimes of the acting between one thing and another. I found that with Zolo Continent, I think I read somewhere that this was filmed in like 2016 or something. I don't know. That it was filmed a little while ago. And so Shao Zhan is like younger in that because it was filmed a while ago, but it just came out. So I don't think that's the case with Flaming Heart. I don't think it's like years and years ago. It may have been, I don't know if it was filmed before Word of Honor or after, but it's interesting having come off of that show to then this, it's just a different kind of quality to it. And I have seen Simon Gong before in something, so I kind of know his acting a bit. But I wonder people who haven't seen him in anything else besides Word of Honor, I'm curious what they would think of this show. It's just such a different show. It's a different kind of chemistry between him and this other uh, character, between the other main lead. I actually hope to see Simon Gong in something else again where he's playing a morally great character. I, I mean, he plays this kind of cutesy, and I don't mean physically cutesy, but this, you know, kind of puppy dog look kind of character. He plays it well, obviously. That's, that's, it's, I'm not saying he's not playing it well. But he really shone a lot when he played this morally gray character. And I don't think it's something anyone expected from him. And it's funny because I saw, I'm sorry, I cannot remember the channel to credit it, but I saw a video where they were, someone had translated a clip of when they were speaking, I think, to the producer. It was several people on a panel, but I think it was the producer that was speaking. And she kind of said she had her, her doubts a little bit about him being able to play this kind of character. And he said, you know, just trust me. And I'm glad she did because he was so good in it. I would love, I really, as I said, would love to see him again in something like that because he may have found his sweet spot as an actor but we will see maybe we'll never get this from him again i just saw that he there's something announced that he has a um a drama that he's going to be filming with Joel raba and i don't think it's any a morally gray character he's doing there you know so i don't know if we'll ever see this again but even if we don't see that particular uh kind of character again we've seen him we know he can act and we know he just needs the right project and the right partner. I've never seen the female lead before, but again, I have not seen a ton of C-dramas, so some of you may know who she is. As for Simon Gong, uh, if you've seen him before and you like him, you probably like this one. Uh, it's a decent drama. It's a little bit quick in some sense that they seem to fall for each other very quickly. It's 24 episodes. And like I said, episode three or something, they're kind of like declaring, he's declaring himself at least like her boyfriend. So they're moving very quickly in that sense. I don't know if that means that there's going to be a lot of tension later on. There is a breakup already uh, in episode five, but I think it's going to be a brief breakup because he's scared at the moment. He he had an incident at work and it scared him and made him rethink their relationship. But I think she'll she'll get through to him. So I'm expecting them probably the next episode, they'll be back together. I don't know what will happen in, in later episodes because they just got together so quickly. So before I go on to the next show, actually one thing I do have to say, this has nothing to do with uh, Simon Gong and or Huo Ya and, and Yan Lan, the, the main characters. But there is another female character, another firefighter. And 
they made a strange choice in the filming, not with the actress or anything, but there is a scene where she, she hasn't been to the, they don't know who she is. So I guess this is her first day in the fire station and she's looking for the chief and she looks into the room and it turns out to be the shower. And one of the male firefighters is there showering or just came out the shower, whatever he's naked. And so she asks, she's asking him like where she needs to go, whatever, but she's just standing there looking at him. In this whole conversation and he's naked. I guess they were trying to be funny, but it was weird. And you know, if it had been a female character who had just come out of the shower and a male character was standing there like staring at her like that, that would not fly. I don't know what they were thinking here, but it was it was a little icky. It was a little weird. I, they were going for funny, but it was strange. Hopefully they got that out of their system and that'll, that'll be the last of that type of thing we see for the rest of the show. It actually kind of threw me out of the show for a second and I had to like stop <laughs> and then come back to it because I was just like, what in the world is going on? You know, but that that's that's the only thing so far I would say that was kind of a big, you know, what moment? Everything else I've just been kind of able to deal with. Like I said, the editing is a little weird, but it's, it's nothing that's going to make you super confused as you're watching. That would be my only other uh, complaint. I don't even really want to use the word complaint. It's not a complaint. Just something to be aware of as you watch the show. So next up is Beloved's In House I Do, episode 10. And the ex-boyfriend has finally shown up. We have, we don't see the background story of exactly what happened. We do see that Eugene is just like thrown completely for a loop to have this person show up out of nowhere. And I don't know how many years have passed since they've seen each other, but obviously the wound to his, to his heart, to his feelings, it, you know, it's still very deep. And it's the reason for the single rule, apparently, whatever it was that went on between him and his ex-partner. In the meantime, Shile is still, you know, walking around just very confused. He, he first had to deal with the fact that he was having feelings for his male boss, who's, you know, number one is boss, but second male. And it's something he hasn't experienced before. He's only been interested in females before this. And then kind of when he's finally, finally feeling like he can deal with it, or at least that he can talk to Eugene about it, here comes the ex showing up out of nowhere. And since he doesn't know the exact story, I guess he doesn't know how much he can put himself in between them and how much he can ask about what's going on. So he's just kind of keeping silent and it's making everything awkward because Eugene they're kind of giving each other these awkward looks without anyone being the one wanting to be the one to talk first it's just tough you know because Eugene has been burned before so he's once been twice shy but Shilei on the other hand well he has not been lucky in love when he's tried to with with women that he's more familiar with but right now he, I guess, feels like he really doesn't know what to do. And there's always that, the single rule, you know, it's this big thing hanging over their heads in any case, or at least over Shilei's head, you know, literally not just hanging over their head, hanging off the wall, hanging off the refrigerator, I think, <laughs> you know, it's everywhere. So that factors into it too, of whether or not he's going to try to talk to Eugene about it. One other, I think, really interesting thing that happens in this, or interesting to me that happens in this episode is there's a conversation between Sui Chi and Gang. And I think it's in a, I don't remember which episode, but Gang says something about like he never plans to get married. It's just been weighing on Citri's mind, I guess. And so he's asking Gang about it. And they get into this interesting conversation. I had, it just hadn't dawned on me that I, there's a pretty big age gap between Gang and Citri. Citri's young, you know, he's everyone's little brother, but I don't think they ever say exactly how old he is. And then Gang is um, obviously older. He was a class, he was a senior, actually. He was a senior classmate of Eugene. I don't think they say his age either, but 
um, you know, there's maybe 10 years, maybe a little less, but somewhere around there, seven to 10 years possibly between them. And it's an interesting conversation they have because technically Gang could almost be in a different generation from Sichuan. And the reason that's important, uh, age may or may not be important to some people as long as they're consenting adults. But what's important about this is what Gang is saying. He grew up in a time where there was no marriage between two gay men. And so that's why it's kind of, it was never in his head. He never thought he could have that. See, Tree is growing up in a different time. Taiwan is one of the countries that allows uh, gay marriage. I th- it's the first in Asia. I don't know if it's the only in Asia possibly, but I think it was the first. And so there's that little bit of a generation, generational thing between them that Tree has to to realize has to have pointed out to him and gang you know in a way has to have pointed out to him that he can be in a serious relationship he can get married to Tree if he wants to i just found that a very interesting conversation between them and that's actually the first time i've seen that kind of conversation in a bail drama probably because other bail dramas thailand japan etc you don't have gay marriage is not legal in those places uh so they wouldn't even be having that conversation, but it is a conversation for a Taiwanese show. So that's quite interesting. So, you know, we haven't even had a kiss between our main actors, our main leads in the show, and some people are finding it kind of slow, but I don't really have a problem with that. I actually think this show is pretty realistic. A lot of dramas not all obviously but a lot of them you know they're they're dramas they're fictional most people are not necessarily jumping into a deep relationship two days after they meet someone I mean some people might but I think for the most part most people aren't doing that so I find it very realistic that they are taking their time in that sense especially because you have someone who has never even conceived that they'd be in this kind of relationship and you have someone who has been very deeply hurt from their previous relationship so it makes sense to me that they would take their time to do so to to get together it's actually interesting in that sense that they have see Chui as the kind of contrast to these other characters because even Chile when he's coming out to his mom in the previous episode he apologizes to her and he's also you know older than see Chui he's probably on the border of a time when it, that was just like you know being in a, a gay relationship it's like oh my goodness but see Chui is coming up in a different time still facing I'm sure that uh, there's homosexuals are still facing some kind of discrimination in Taiwan. The same way in the U.S., even though marriage is legal in the U.S., you still have people who are against it. But he he is growing up in a, or he has grown up in a little bit of a different time than his older colleagues and his older boyfriend. So that it's an interesting uh, dynamic, a dif- an interesting contrast that they've got going there. So only two more episodes to the show. Uh, We'll see what happens. Hopefully we'll get a kiss before it ends. I'm sure we will. We've gotten that from actually the second uh, male lead. So I'm sure we'll get it from the first. But, you know, I I don't want to jump back to talking about Word of Honor. But for those of us who consider Word of Honor a kind of a BL, uh, you know, that shows you don't need some big raunchy scene to have scenes of intimacy, of emotional intimacy. And I think we do see some of that here between Shile and Eugene and hopefully we'll get we'll get more of that as the show is ending only two more episodes I'm really hoping I'm really keeping my fingers crossed that they're announcing that they will announce that there'll be a season two
I would totally watch a season two if they announced it. And the last episode, the last show I'm going to talk about today is Tale of Noktu, which is a Korean web drama that can be found on Viki. So it is a 32 episode uh, Korean drama, as I said. However, probably because it's a web drama and those tend to be shorter, the episodes are short. They're about half hour long, whereas most uh, K-dramas, I think, are about about an hour. I I've noticed a lot of them are extending past an hour, like an hour and 15 minutes now. So this is short, about half an hour for each episode. It is about John Nuck Du, who is growing up. Well, they open with him being on an island. I don't, I don't think they're saying he's, he lives on the island, but he lives with his father and his brother, his older brother. They get attacked by a group of assassins. You're not quite sure why, what's going on. And they are hurt and it turns out to be a group. Well, they discover this later. It's a group of female assassins. One of them gets away. John Noctu pursues this person. Before he goes after them though, he has this kind of conversation with his father where he's like saying, I know that they are coming after us because of me. And he doesn't say why in that instance. You don't know why he's feeling like to blame for this, but he's just saying, I know that they're coming after us because of me. And that's why he kind of wants to leave, right? Because if he stays there, his father and older brother will just be attacked again. So he chases after this person. He does have some martial arts ability. When we open, when it opens, we there's a whole conversation he's having with a little girl. And in there, we learn that he has learned martial arts from this other man. You know, he's not without his, his defenses. So episode one is, is that it's basically him pursuing this this assassin also in this episode we meet at one point dong dong ju who we see her dressed as a male as a boy and she's in disguise and for some reason is trying to it looks like kill the emperor <laughs> we don't know why in episode one but they wind up bumming into each other her as she's trying to put this hour together and him as he's chasing the assassin and that's their first encounter with each other and so these are the two main leads of this show they will find each other again when Noktu, you know he's been pursuing this assassin he winds up following her to a village which turns out to be a village of widows just through coincidence he's able to switch clothes <laughs> with a woman that he helps rescue and he enters the village of widows uh, disguised as a widow disguised as a female and attached to this village of widows is um, a home of consort who is where our female lead lives and he is he becomes her roommate basically because there's no there's no room for him in, in the village just yet this show actually starts off pretty funny it's obviously going to have a bit of a comedic bent to it there'll be the romance between the male between the main uh leads and he's got maybe it'll be a triangle because there is a state official who kind of watches over the village of widows who becomes infatuated with noktu he obviously he doesn't know that noktu is male obviously so <laughs> noktu's trying to do his investigation and at the same time it's like freaking out because this man is infatuated with them trying to give him flowers and, and everything like that and he he doesn't know what to do you know because he's just trying to he's very focused on doing his investigation and the last thing he expected was to be courted by this state official so it's a good beginning to the show i think if this keeps this kind of tone it'll be fun to watch the action scenes were pretty good too I don't really know this actor much. I don't know if he is someone who typically does action or if he trained for the, for this show specifically, but I'm, I'm convinced of him as an action star. I, I thought he did well. The fight scene in the beginning was really good. And so I'm looking forward to seeing more of the show. Hopefully they continue more of this quality of, of the fight scenes, as well as just the, the funny moments that were in the show as well. 
so that is it for episode 18 of Notes from a Drama Watcher. Thanks so much for listening in. If you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Twitter at dramawatcher6 or by email at dramawatchernotes at gmail.com. Thanks again. Stay safe, everyone.